0: You're listening to The Retail Perch with Sheikha Rahman and Gary Hawkins.
1: We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Retail Perch. We're right in the middle of summer, Gary. I'm sure you're feeling the heat like I am here.
1: Yeah, it is. Quite literally, it has been really hot out here in Denver.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so my, you know, the the mountains is no escape for Gary, even though he's out in Colorado. Colorado.
1: <laughs> no, and it's hard to believe that we're now past the Fourth uh, of July. The summer's going too fast.
0: And I just stepped out on my deck uh, a few minutes ago, and I, I suddenly was reminded that I can't step out bare feet, Barefoot. I had to quickly run back in, get some slippers, and step. It was ninety-four degrees. My dog refused to go out. That's when you know it's really hot. <laughs> so, oh. anyway, so uh, so here we are. Uh, we've been having some fantastic guests and some great conversations. And uh, you know, for those of you who listened to uh, Gary's and my predictions at the end of last year about our top five things for technology. Uh, well, one of those technologies is what we're going to talk about today, which is smart cards. So I'm excited about this uh, episode coming up. And uh, Gary might blame me because I'm hogging the limelight here in this particular episode. But I have a lot of questions for it. Uh, <laughs> no, and our guest is none other than uh, CEO of Shopik. And we recently moved to Boston, I'm guessing from Tel Aviv. And... Welcome, Raz Golan, CEO of Shopping, to The Retail Perks. Great to have you on as a guest. And if you can, just introduce yourself to the guests and uh, tell us a little bit about your background.
2: Sure. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. So a uh, little bit about me. Uh, originally, not from the retail space, uh, actually from uh, uh, the intelligent forces of the IDF in Israel. That was uh, my first uh, real professional experience, also where I met my co-founder and CTO, Iran uh, Kravitz. Uh, we worked together and uh, mostly on very deep technological projects, you know, research, development, project management, and stayed in that uh, area for a few years after my, uh, my service. Uh, and at some point uh, reconnected with Iran and uh, decided to uh, start a company together. Really, we didn't know what we were going to do. We just knew that, uh, you know, as good friends, uh, we want to do something big uh, and change an industry uh so very methodically we started thinking of problems that we want to solve and started doing some basic market analysis and actually when we got to the physical retail space we stopped immediately and said wow you know there's so much to be done here um you know things haven't really changed or specifically the way we shop at retail stores hasn't really changed for so many years while you know in other industries things are moving fast so uh we wanted to take this challenge uh, and therefore started shopping uh, a little bit over seven years ago. Today, uh, you know, fast forward, uh, we built uh, what we have, our um, unique uh, card solution, but actually it started from uh, a slightly uh, different approach. We can talk about it if you want.
0: Would love to hear about that origin story, but uh, this is interesting, Gary. We have somebody from the intelligence community. Last week, we had somebody who was the youngest Legislative Council voted member from Germany. It was a pretty, right. it was pretty amazing. So clearly, uh, people find retail to be an ex- exciting space to be in. So tell us, how, how did you get started? What what got you onto shopping? What was the inspiration? Well, yeah, you know, uh, first of all, uh, first of all,
2: us as consumers, right? We went to stores, uh, not specifically grocery, um, any store, and we saw that, um, you know the most frustrating moment is when you're ready to pay and leave. you know you want to give your money to the retailer and then they hold you back and it's just frustrating and obviously you know that was the first problem that we saw we started to quantify it we understood the problem of um you know the cost of this uh, in terms of lost sales you know labor operations uh floor space and so on um and then as we dug deeper into Strength and um, you know where the market is going. Uh, ecom affecting physical retail. Um, we understood that something has to be done. Uh, us being really deep technologists, we wanted to bring uh, that edge and uh, really uh, you know solve it with with something uh, technological. Um, and initially, we actually developed a scan and go solution. Um, we said you know computer vision wasn't there. Uh, Amazon Go. Uh, didn't exist and we just built uh, a scan and go solution with a twist Um, we built uh, a machine learning based layer uh, that can predict uh, suspicious behavior very similar to let's say fraud detection with credit cards right sometimes they stop your transaction they say it, it looks suspicious. so something similar for scan and go uh, because we knew that the moment you give this freedom level to shoppers and stores, you can basically uh, forget about monitoring. And, uh, it's it's very open. So we worked on that for about three and a half years. Uh, we deployed our scan and go uh, in many countries with many different retailers, from uh, Pos Iraq in Israel to uh, Walgree in the u s. And we learned a lot. you know as uh, cyber security, Professionals, we uh, got to understand what is a retail store from the retailer's perspective, how important is store operations, how powerful, powerful are the manager and employees, how important they are in uh, you know, making their business a success. Um, and all those learnings uh, goes to where we are today. And uh, to make a long story short, at some point we understood that Scan&Go isn't going to scale. And we stopped all of our initiatives around that and rebuilt our vision completely um, around a solution that is lightweight that can be deployed in any store. Well, by the way, and we narrowed down volume mostly. Uh, we we took that decision with challenges with fashion and and other formats. We wanted to uh, to be very focused. We want to bring something that is lightweight, that is not uh, disrupting store operations. So, not you know new labor, new operational procedures. We don't want to touch the store infrastructure. No installation of uh, sensors. Uh, no additional servers in the store. Floor space, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And obviously, do not touch the carts. So. We invented our flip-on device that connects to every standard shopping cart and basically turns it into a smart cart only while shoppers are using it. So you know, a shopper would enter the store, grab the uh, shopping device, put it connected to the cart with one click. We have this plastic mount that it connects to on the handle. Then everything is automatic. We use computer vision and cameras to detect everything that's going on around the cart. Uh, and here it's, you know, the heaviest technology that we could bring to retail uh, on a small device, on a cart, uh, a big challenge for of its own. And then obviously when shoppers are ready to pay and leave the store, they just pay either on a payment kiosk or on the device itself, return it, and go out with the same cart, and all their their items are bagged
0: already. So, so let me get this right. So this is the experience is shopper walks into the store, takes the retailer's regular cart, whatever's available outside, walk in. There's one of these devices and I see it on your website. They pick up, latches onto the cart and it's Mm -hmm. equipped with cameras. And does the user have to sign in or do anything to get on? It depends on the
2: retailer. Some retailers, they have to log in with their loyalty membership. Some it's open for all.
0: Okay, all right. But you have to do something to initiate this process, like start or anything, right, okay. And then as you pick up stuff, whether you take it in or take it out, the cameras automatically identify the action and add that item into your cart. Kind of like Correct. walking through a physical website where the cart items are being added into your digital cart type of thing, right? Yes, yeah. yes, okay. that's right. true. That's Perfect. true. How accurate uh, is the solution? I mean, in terms of, I mean, lighting, other traffic, how full the cart is. Yeah. And I can tell you 100
2: other challenges that we have there in terms of, uh, you know, edge cases and and algorithms. Uh, Today we are at uh, 98.9% accuracy uh, on average uh, in very large stores. We work with uh, some of the largest format supermarkets in the U.S. with catalogs that are over 50,000 items that are all supported by computer vision with that level of accuracy.
1: Yeah, I uh, Shaker. I really like Shapric's approach. Um, you know, I've seen. I think probably all the other smart carts out there in the market, and you know, many of them require a special dedicated cart that just becomes a real expensive hassle for the retailer. Right, right. they've got to replace their entire or some part of you know their card inventory. Uh, these things are challenged by the weather in certain parts of the country. They have to be charged. Uh, just not an ideal scenario. Uh, the, the approach that, that Roz and his team have taken to effectively making that smart card portable through that clip-on device addresses a lot of those problems. Mm. Uh, so I, I think, you know, absolutely on to something. Uh, Roz, before I forget this, if you would spend just a couple minutes and talk about what it takes for a retailer to deploy your uh, your smart cards, right what what do you need in terms of uh, data feeds, infrastructure do you need to build up a you know digital uh, foundation of uh, product images across the store if you would speak to some of that
2: Yeah yeah of course. Uh, so the process, in terms of the timeline, takes around 10 weeks to onboard the retailer on a chain level. Then every store is a matter of hours or a day maximum. On a chain level, we integrate with the POS uh, or any other relevant system for catalog, promotion, pricing, loyalty memberships, coupons, et cetera, all the basic information that we need to present on the screen. That's on the digital level. Um, usually the payment is done through either a payment kiosk or on the device itself. So, payment kiosk is a you know it's another POS in the store. So no uh, special integration there. And for on-device payment, we do a uh, payment gateway integration like they have online. So nothing uh, complex there. On the physical level, uh, again because of you know a very light approach, all we need is shelves basically at the store entrance for the devices with our docking stations that charge them. Um, Same at the checkout area. Usually we combine our checkout stands in the self-checkout area, uh, also more efficient in terms of manpower. So there, you know, a few stands has to be added or to convert existing self-checkout to support that. Um, Once we complete the chain level integrations in those 10 weeks, then, you know, every store is, uh, is really quick. Oh, and one last thing for the computer vision to support and recognize, you know, everything properly. Uh, The initial setup uh, also takes a few weeks. It's about, uh, I would say, a week per 10,000 items. That's the ratio. Uh, But it's a one-time process. We do it once, and then the system is training itself automatically.
0: Got it, got it. And and then if new products come into the store, which they probably do, there's lots of, you know, whether it's hot, fresh items, or, you know, seasonal items that keep coming in. Of course. Some process where you got to keep this updated, on a regular basis over Yeah, but that's
2: an automatic process and that's very important. Um, We call it active learning. Our system is basically recognizing new items that got into the store. Once you put them in the cart as a shopper, we ask you to scan the barcode, our cameras, while you do that, take pictures, upload it to our system, and then we train it automatically. So our shoppers are training the items for us as they shop uh, when they enter the catalog as new items. Cool. Yeah. Very
0: cool. Very cool. So, from a perspective of integrating with the point of sale system, so is that is that a more tricky part of the system because there's so many point of sale systems out there, and to be able to integrate with them all could be a challenge, right?
2: Yeah, uh, we've seen a lot already. So uh, we have a great team that is uh, very experienced. But I must say that you know it's just something you have to do. It's not it, it's technical. So uh, once we have uh, you know the two teams connected they do it in a matter of weeks.
1: Okay, and some of the retailers you work with, are they integrating their loyalty uh, programs to it, able to convey on the screen, um, you know, points or special promotions for the shopper, and are any of those tied to location where that shopper is in the store? Uh,
2: so, yes, we are connecting to uh, the loyalty systems uh, for personalization and uh, ease of use for shoppers. You know, they can see their receipts and uh, everything is in their account. Uh, in terms of location, yeah, we are uh, in some cases use the location. If we have the location information from the retailer, you know, to hyper personalize those things.
0: Yeah. 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 I, w- I would think that if there's they have some kind of planogram, Gary, and you're scanning an item, you know approximately where the shopper is. without yes, Exactly. Exactly.
2: It's very easy. By the way, a world of its own, you know, communicating promotions and offers in the aisle when you know who the shopper is and, you know, what they're holding in their hand, what they have in their cart is a power that uh, didn't exist so far in physical grocery retail and it's really, we think great, great numbers around that. I can tell you um, that
0: it did exist. And I know a little company that used to do this
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: many years ago. It, um, it, I think we were so far ahead of the time, Gary. That's probably what it was. Um, yeah,
1: I, I think so. Bird's Eye was... uh was, we were uh, in 2014,
0: by the way. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we were just way ahead of our time. That's where it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Ross, what, uh, you know, you've got to have all sorts of incredible data coming off of those devices. Do you feed back to the retailer different analytics around, you know, a number of shoppers coming in the store, aisle traffic, conversion rates, dwell times, all that type of uh, info?
2: Yes, yes, we do. Uh, you know, we work with many different teams within the retailers uh, to help them better understand uh, their shoppers and also the store operations. Yeah, we measure many new data points, all the things that you mentioned and more.
0: Yeah, so here's a question. So off the people walking into the store where you have these systems set up, do you have a sense of what percentage of people actually choose to use these devices? And have you kind of seen that in great engagement grow? I'm sure that's one of the metrics that you're tracking very carefully. Of course. Of course um
2: yeah i would say that uh, usually when we start in the store um, on average we process in the very early days 10 to 15 percent of the store revenue and as we grow uh, our best performing stores we process half of the revenue 50 percent which is yeah so, so is
0: there ever a case where there are no devices available because they're no, to-
2: all the time all the time we are yeah in those stores in peak hours sometimes people wait to get a device Huh.
1: Yeah. So, so 10 to 15% of shoppers coming in use the Shopper Smart card, and they're accounting for approximately 50% of that store's revenue. No,
2: no. Um, in, in the beginning, when we start deploying the store, uh, it's common for us to process 10 to 15% of the revenue of the store, okay. and gradually we grow to 40, 50% in the best store. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Wow. Got it. Wow. Yeah. wow. And has that, is there an impact then on the number of lanes the retailer needs to have open? I mean, are these mostly where you can pay on the card or do you kind of do some integration where you create a QR code with a bulk upload into a POS to scan? Like I've seen usually some places where, you know, you kind of convert the card into a QR code, just scan at the point. of Yeah. Yeah. We do that. Yeah,
2: okay. yeah. Yeah. So it's usually it's both Uh, We let shoppers choose if they want to do the really fast track or, you know, the uh, less fast. But um, yeah, of course, we have, you know, the ratio. We work with the retailers together. and uh, They see that, you know, the more adoption they get on the car, the less lanes they need open. Um, So yeah, of course, it's one of the biggest benefits.
1: So so what, what, if you can uh, share, what types of you know, labor savings, uh, are, are retailers experiencing with this?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, the immediate one is checkout labor that is being redirected to other tasks in the store. Um, that's the, the most significant one. Um, in other layers, I just uh, let me uh, shed some more light about you know the whole platform because we see it as you know a much wider solution than just checkout. We basically see three three different layers. Checkout is the most basic one. On top of that, the promotions and we call it the marketing communications, uh, retail media, upsells and cross sales in the aisle, what we discussed, And thirdly, uh, the data and insights. With this data and our capabilities. Um, We not only monitor the content of the carts, we also have cameras facing sideways that map the stores and shelves. So, you know, once we uh, kick this in, we can impact, you know, uh, shelf stocking and just better management of the store because they know exactly where they need to go, you know, where they need to restock. So the efficiency will then enter the in store employees and not only the checkout staff.
1: Nice. So, so you're able to detect uh, out of stocks and that type thing as the carts are moving up and down the aisle. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, that's it's huge.
0: Wow, that's and you know, a business of its own. Yeah, I know. I think yeah. it's. I know. I think it's inevitable at some point. I think we were talking, Gary, a few months ago, we were talking about trends. I mean, the shopping cart essentially hasn't changed in. 90 years right i think our 1935 or 1930 40 was when the yeah. shopping cart was invented once you once you oh, self serve grocery Yeah, once it moved from you know counter-based grocery to self-serve grocery supermarkets right that's when the shopping in fact i met uh somebody who is the son or grandson of the inventor of the shopping cart i think oh, it was really? out of oklahoma somewhere yeah <laughs> So that was pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, to think that you there's very few things I think you can say that were invented 70 years ago that haven't kind of been changed or revolutionized, right? Yes. It seems like everything has changed. And that's that's fantastic. So, what about how does a retailer potentially plan for growth? Like you said, you know, in some cases, people are waiting for these devices, right? How do you guys then help a retailer plan for hey? here's where you start and here's the growth plan. And how do they how do they account for that in terms of-
2: Yeah. Uh, you mean uh, operationally? hmm Yeah, that's, uh, you know, operations, I would say is uh, the key factor for success here. Um, because, you know, once you prove the experience is great, shoppers love it, uh, it's working, and it makes money, obviously, for the retailer, uh, then it's just a matter of how quickly we can deploy it. Um, we just uh, did it in Israel. For example, we uh, just completed a 30 store rollout, uh, with the largest retailer in the country. Uh, and what we did there is we just put a lot of emphasis on training and getting the right partners to, you know, the integration partners to help us. So, you know, taking care of hardware installation, uh, maintenance, uh, and working closely with the store staff in every store is really important. And this is why, you know, initially we designed the solution in such a way that, uh, again, the level of intrusiveness to the store would be minimal. Um, Because when you think about it, you know, grocery stores, they run their store, they know how to sell grocery. And, you know, adding such uh, a system, you know, to run live, to process 30, 40, 50% of the revenue, you know, becomes a a critical system in the store. So it has to be extremely simple. extremely reliable so uh, it's all about that you know the technology is nice uh i love it but it's not the center of it uh it's just a means to get the best experience out there but it has to be first and foremost you know scalable easily deployable and uh and And that's the focus that we put today exactly
0: i mean it's it's hardware so things can go wrong i mean you know batteries can go bad and exactly so so, so i'm sure you you've got to talk through what, what that support infrastructure looks like and how to make sure these devices are supported yeah now, are, are these devices leased or owned by the retailer what's what's yeah we offer both options
2: actually um you know some retailers prefer this or the other but we know how to work with both
0: wow yeah. And, yeah. and then and and I'm sure you update the hardware. I mean, like, you know, chips and everything gets updated yeah. all the time, right? So you got to keep these things updated. Are these like OTA updates on the system or over the air?
2: Type yeah, of if it's if it's software, yes. You know, we update uh, every week, more or less our versions, a uh, week or two. Yeah, for hardware, if you can do it over the air, that's a great company, you know, to, <laughs> to solve that problem. But- yeah, uh just bend uh, down,
0: it, make sure it doesn't hit exactly. you.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But uh no, for that, you know, it's uh it's a little bit more complicated. But also here, by the way, we partnered, you know, uh, and and we chose carefully, you know, our processors, our cameras, you know, all the important parts are carefully chosen. We work with great, great, you know, hardware leaders uh from the industry. So for now we see great performance of our devices. It's it's not the first generation, it's uh, already the third generation that we have. In the stores, working on the next one already. Mm.
0: Uh-huh. yeah. No, I mean I think this is this is exciting technology. I mean I don't. I, I mean we've seen solutions I think back in several years ago, Gary, in Stop and Shop, they had the hand scan gun. You know, and I think they even have it at Tesco in England in many yes. stores, where yeah. you can walk yeah. in, pick up one of these hand scanners, but you have to do the scanning, and you know you can do pretty much everything on the device. But it was you having to scan everything in so i guess the retailer had to then depend on you know some trust and it couldn't be deployed everywhere yeah. you know based yeah. on where the store is located and stuff yeah like.
2: and by the way not most of the mistakes are not malicious we did a right. you know thorough study on that to get our numbers uh, right it's mostly honest mistakes and for that you just need a reliable system that will be able to remind the shopper not to miss anything and most people, you know, they fix it and uh, they have no malicious intentions.
0: I guess it's like the weighing scale on a self-checkout where if you scan an item and it's not placed on the tray next to you, you know, you know, it keeps reminding you to make sure it's placed in the basket next to you, Yeah. 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 So, what what are some of the uh, where do you think retailers are in terms of mentally adopting and getting comfortable? What what I've noticed one of the things Raz is when whenever there's new technology, it's all really cool, and there are a few people who obviously jump on it and they're your know, early adopters. They want to be ahead, but there's typically kind of like a mental hurdle that they have to jump across to yeah. buy into the whole idea that this is actually okay, right? Yeah. It's like maybe initially, you know, when the GPS came in and we all used Rand McNally maps, Gary, to drive around. I, I, I don't know. We're probably, you know, aging ourselves here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know.
1: Absolutely dating ourselves here.
0: They're <laughs> completely dating ourselves. Right. So and when the GPS came out. You know, a lot of people like I don't know if I can trust this GPS thing to give me the right directions. And I had a map in my hand; I could see where I need to make a right. And there is that that hesitation. So, how do you help them overcome that hesitation of adopting? Technology? Yeah,
2: it's it's a great question, and I think uh, you know it's all about how you look at the relationship uh, or the fact that you uh, understand that it's a relationship. You know. Many startups start very small, obviously like every company, but uh, from the first moment uh, where we we chose our partners, you know, the retailers that we worked with, we always looked at it from a long-term perspective because we knew how critical this solution for their stores, you know, it touches the most sensitive part of their business, you know, how their shoppers buy. And we always had this great respect to what we do with them. Um, and I think, you know, I hope yeah once they see that you know this approach is um, you know uh, handling everything very delicately and working with iterations listening to feedback, uh, I think this is the way to go in very early stages of a product. Um, Obviously, from the other side, you must have the uh, courageous innovators that want to disrupt the market and really be the first ones to to bring uh, the best in class to their stores Uh, and we see that too. some are not like that and that's fine. Uh, you know, they'll join the party at later stages. But uh, I think that today, you know, all the, or most of the solutions that you see, the cart solutions are based on either complex hardware, if it's, you know, what we call monolithic cards, like new cards that are being built. It just takes time to develop and stabilize. Or if it's on complex software, like we do, computer vision, it takes, again, time to build and stabilize. The algorithms are so complex. so. You need a very good team for that. Even if you have a good team, you need the capital to work on it for, you know, several years, and I think only today we start, we, we start seeing that maturity level that can take us to dozens of stores, like we are at, and then hundreds of thousands in the, in the next few years, but it all got to that, you know, tipping point where you start seeing real deployments and not just pilots.
1: Yeah, and I assume since you just moved from uh, Israel to the U.S. here, you see the U.S. as as a uh, uh, significant potential market that, that is Correct. going to grow.
2: Correct. Yeah, we have a lot of positive feedback and, and good partners that we work with here. Uh, so yeah, we believe in this market.
0: That's fantastic. That's that's terrific. So, from a retailer perspective, so what is the kind of like, how do they measure the ROI on this? Yeah. Um, How do you you educate them on what the ROI is? Yeah. Um,
2: I think uh, there are things that you can easily measure and things that are just uh, a great impact, but hard to measure. Um, For example, um, in almost every store that we deployed our solution, the NPS, the store, general NPS, uh, broke a record hmm. every time. Highest NPS ever recorded um, in, in some of the stores that we've seen, chain So, you know, how, how can you quantify that? Um, so usually we see that shoppers that use our solution, if you compare them to themselves before and after, they just buy more. They're happier. They're more loyal to the brand. Uh, they spend more time buying and not waiting in line. Um, when they take an item from the shelf, they put it in a bag, in the cart. and That's it. They don't need to take it out. So they did not rethink whether they really need it or not. Yeah. And obviously the fact that we communicate promotions and coupons, you know, right in the aisle, uh, makes a big difference. The conversion of those promotions is much higher. So all these, you know, uh, parameters really contribute to higher sales uh, and our stores see it. So that's a huge factor um, labor utilization, uh, much more efficient. Um, that's a big factor. Our shrink level is very, very low um, compared to self checkout. You know, we have cameras monitoring the cart all the time. So we know exactly what's going on. Obviously you can fool the system if you want, but you know, professional Shoplifters—they will never use these kind of uh, solutions, so that's not really uh, an issue. It's more of honest mistakes, um, you know. Like you with the exception that if
0: you're a shoplifter, please
2: use the system. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, it's fine.
2: They can do whatever they want, but uh, you know, we are not uh, an anti-theft system, but uh, we just right. want to keep the the whole process secure and in control. Uh, that's very, very important. Um so you know the 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 error rate is basically system errors, right, like algorithm mistakes and all that, and again, because the accuracy level is so high it's it's pretty much meaningless um so that's a big factor uh and many others you know we have our uh, secret sauce here of discussing it with the retailers and, and really demonstrating uh, the value that's the the basic level when we think about the future, more advanced communication with shoppers uh bringing uh, the brands into the story. Uh, You know, we have lots of real estate on the screen. We're starting to partner with them and offering more complex ads and promotions to be available not only for the retailer, so that's a big revenue stream. The data for the retailers and for the brands, uh, it's also very, very valuable. And lastly, uh, store efficiency. What I mentioned about the shelves, reducing the out-of-stock levels of the store um, and just better utilizing the on the sales floor staff uh, to do their tasks more efficiently.
0: So, clearly, because this goes on on the cart, yeah, is that typically mean that you're more engaged with shoppers who have bigger baskets on their trips yes. as opposed to somebody who's coming yes. in for 10 items or less, you know, bread, egg, yeah. milks, and cookies, right? Yeah.
2: We see all sorts of shoppers, but yeah, the majority of shoppers that like this and use it is the bigger baskets. Yeah.
0: yeah which I guess yeah. automatically tends to also be your more valuable shoppers in many ways. Right. That was my next sentence. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, cool. And you know, and I mean there's so many of these technologies that have kind of come in, uh, you know, like the Amazon go type of technology. And they all seem to me like a lot of complex infrastructure that has to go in yep. store mapping that has to happen. And it's, you know, retailers are constantly resetting stores uh, seems like for somebody who's operating on a one to two percent net margin, you know, trying to convince them to in- invest a huge amount in those kind of technologies is always a, a challenge, right? As opposed That's to true. where you can scale the operation, you can start with ten devices and it goes, you know, move to twenty and fifty, and and set up something. No, I, I think it's it's something exactly. every retailer should really seriously look at uh, as a way to, you know, really enhance the customer experience. Uh,
2: Yeah, you know, it's also, uh, I didn't even mention that it's hard to quantify, but on a brand uh, recognition level, you know, for the retailers, uh, for some of the, you know, first ones, what we see on social media, you know, TikTok videos, Instagram, uh, shoppers are amazed by the, you know, the magic that happened in the store. People don't know, you know, it's it's an entirely new concept in the world. So it's very, very intriguing. Uh, When people see it in the store and the positive feedback, you know, and uh, how they perceive the brand, the retailer is changing so much. So I'm sure it affects. We see the numbers; they're more loyal, they bring more revenue to the store. But I'm sure the long term effect, you know, how they promote, you know, the store and the retailer with their friends and family and the the network effect.
0: I tried this; the store you got to go shop here, right? Absolutely, exactly.
2: It becomes a conversation, and uh, you know, I don't know if there are many other ways for retailers to get into conversation rather than having a, a great promotion, you know, like, uh, right. But it's more classical methods. Mm-hmm. Not, uh,
0: so how do you differentiate yourself? Cause I know when you go to these trade shows and you have, yeah. Gary, I'm sure you've seen this, there's, there's sometimes many companies that say, Hey, self-checkout, scan and go type of technologies out yeah. there. How do you yeah. guys, you know, Differentiate yourselves from what's out there and what's unique about shopping. I think uh, first and foremost, our clip-on device approach uh,
2: is unique to us. You don't see any other solution like that in the market that is supported by computer vision, that is entirely separated from the cart with no sensors and nothing fixed in the store. Um, so that's you know the 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 biggest part. Um, Second, we are the only solution that is really working with computer vision uh, on that scale and accuracy levels um, in production, we just haven't seen something like that uh, in other places. And thirdly, I would say that we are one of the most advanced in terms of maturity level uh, and the size of our deployments to date. Uh, We are one of the few companies, if not the only one, which is not Amazon. that got out of the pilot stages and started commercial deployments in more than you know a handful of stores mm. so that's you know we spoke about operations and support and maintenance and all that it you know brought us to a all new set of challenges that we have to solve but that are really you know uh, not only to hold you know really closely two or three stores but to start building this in scale and make it work independently
0: yeah and in a slightly different human kind of level, uh, when uh, let's say you deploy the solution, do you think that employees feel threatened that their jobs are at risk? Uh, I mean, is that something- Some that- of them, for yeah. sure. And it's part of our
2: training because, especially today, you know, we've saved this form from day one at topic even with Scan and Go that had the same uh, threat, but, You know, I don't think you'll go to a supermarket, for sure, in the US today without seeing a we are hiring sign at the store entrance with things like signing bonuses, you know, things that weren't even uh, happening in that industry. Right. But the labor shortage is so severe. And, you know, the moment that you uh, take, you know, a person from checkout, there are five different, you know, people fighting for them in the store, in the same store. So... That's really not a threat, especially today, and it's um, just a different position within the same store.
0: This is an I told you so moment, Gary, because remember uh, a couple of years ago, just when the pandemic hit and we started the podcast, we said one of the things that labor shortages are gonna do is drive adoption of robotics and AI in retail, yeah. uh, because somehow you gotta fill the gap and augment um, you know, what's happening. Yeah. To provide the services, yeah. and, you know, well, and
1: and that's exactly
0: what's happening. What's happening out here? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's terrific. No, it's this has been a great conversation, uh, Raz, and obviously you guys are onto something terrific here. So, kudos to you! Congratulations for all the progress you guys are making. Thank and you very much.
1: Gary, great chatting with you, uh, Raz. How uh, if people uh, would like to contact you to get more information uh, and so on? What's the best way for them to do that?
2: Um, I think uh, either through you guys, if that's okay, uh, making the connection, or uh, just shooting us an email. At info if you go through us, it's going to be
0: really expensive because we charge very high commissions. <laughs>
2: so, <laughs> so info sure. at shopping.co It's a free way to contact shopping, yeah, or uh, through, uh, through the website. Or through the website, we will answer each and every one. Terrific! Okay.
0: That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's been it's been a great conversation, and this is a. You know, it's it's exciting to see that somebody is actually in production rollout phase, bringing this live into the stores, and uh, I think it's an exciting time for retail. So, yes,
1: again, it's Uh, great, Raz. It's good to talk with you again, and uh, you too. Great to hear all the uh, uh, good news and advancements you've made. Thank you very much. Yeah,
2: pleasure talking to you.
0: Exciting guests coming for all you guys who are listening to us, and uh, by the way, Gary, I heard some terrific stats around. People are actually listening to this podcast. Can you believe it?
2: Well, so
0: I, hope so. I <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I heard this, you know, pretty significant number. So that's that's pretty exciting. And and maybe one of these days, Gary, I was just thinking, maybe we should we should we should do a kind of like a mini series on the history of supermarket retail. You know, yeah. I think it'd be terrific if you can kind of, you know. Speak to some of the pioneers in the industry and kind of get little tidbits about how supermarket retail has evolved yeah. over the years, just yeah. as a, you know, like a mini series, right?
1: A retail oh, perch. That, that, that would be good, and and we also should think about doing a uh, remote uh, perch podcast from grocery shop.
0: Absolutely, and with some of the you know terrific innovators that we have here, and you know, talking to people like Raz, who is kind of pushing retail into the future. You know, I think it's it's also important to understand sometimes why innovators like this are required to kind of keep pushing the envelope and what can be and improving yes. customer experience and the overall yeah. Terrific. Raz, this has been a great conversation. Thank you again. And, uh, you know, by the way, if you, if you do send us your mailing address, now that you're in Boston, there's a better chance that you might get this. We can send you a mug, uh, the Retail Perch mug that you can have coffee, tea or whatever you drink in. Um, of course. Yeah, this is absolutely. why I did
2: this talk in the first place. <laughs> so <there you> go. <laughs>
0: I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah well, great Good to have time. you here again. Thank you for being a guest on the Thank Retail you. Perch and uh, we'll hope to see you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook.
1: And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com.
0: Until next time, this is Shaker.
1: And this is Gary, signing off.